are the voyages of the starship Therapies. Its continuing mission to explore strange inner worlds, to seek out new insights and new realizations, to boldly go where no one has gone before. Toss a coin to your witcher, oh valley of plenty. Wow, why is this so good? I don't know, but it is. I don't even really like Henry Cavill as anything else, but the witcher can fucking get it. The bathtub. The bathtub. That's some hot self-care. The hottest self-care. We should open the show before you faint. Huh? What? Oh, right, the show. (laughs) Hey, everybody. I'm Justine Mastin, LMFT, Yogini, writer, researcher, and captain of this particular ship. Welcome aboard. And I'm Larissa Garski, LMFT, writer, researcher, Spocky, and first officer, and I love The Witcher. Mmm. Just a reminder to the listeners at home that just because we are therapists does not mean that we are your therapists. Unless, of course, we are your therapists. This podcast is for the purposes of education and humor and is not intended to replace seeing your own therapist. So, uh, we both watched The Witcher. Mm-hmm. And we, did. we were enchanted. We were. And <laughs> I don't think either of us had intended to either watch The Witcher or be <laughs> enchanted. No, I wasn't I wasn't going to I was like this looks stupid. Why uh-huh. is this a thing? Why is Henry Cavill wearing that wig? I I don't understand. And then um I found myself uh seeing all these memes. Again, it's the memes, right? I kept seeing right. all these memes and especially <laughs> the gif of him in the bathtub and I was like I, I am attracted to what is happening right now. And <laughs> I feel like I need to know what is happening. <laughs> it truly is, I think, the power of Henry Cavill as the Witcher in the bathtub that did it. Because I don't, I don't even know if I suggested that you watch it. I because I, I I've kind of like mm-hmm. given up hope that when I ask you to watch things that you'll you'll watch them, um. <laughs> <laughs> unless unless it's on a schedule, and I know I have to watch it because we're gonna pod about it. Right, but like TV shows, because they're such a long commitment, right? Like it's very mm-hmm. hard to get you to commit to anything that is multi-episode. So like this one, I was very, I think I like mentioned it offhand. I was like, oh, you know, if you ever watch it, we could talk about it. And then <laughs> I think it was like, what was it, Friday or was it Thursday that you were like, oh my God, The Witcher. <laughs> Yeah, I found myself with some time while my partner was out of town. And I was like, yeah, I've seen all those bathtub memes. Let's see what else this is about. Uh, Because I've never read the books and I never played the video game. Um, And I started watching it and I was like, Henry Cavill in those leather pants sold. Mm -hmm. And then it's good. Like, it's not just hot Henry Cavill. It's good. 
Toss a coin to your witcher, a valley of plenty. All right, now what were you saying? What? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, it's a bop, to quote our producer. <laughs> um, yeah, so not only is it hot Henry Cavill, which, I, you know, I was in for that, but, like, it's a good show. It's got decent representation of women and people of color. Mm -hmm. It's got a solid story. That's not just like it. The show has a little bit of the vibe of like a Xena Warrior Princess slash Hercules Adventures of Hercules, um, but it's like if those shows had a budget, <laughs> they they could have been this. You know, I'm I'm pausing here because I'm realizing that you and I have had very different experiences with with both Xena and Hercules. Because <laughs> um, I think the way I would have attempted to describe the show would be like think of Game of Thrones, but in Poland <laughs> with more <Why>? representation. <laughs> well, because it it is it gets a. Like part of the reason that I was really drawn to The Witcher, I haven't read the books, so I I plan to now. Um, my partner and I have played through the third video game, and the big reason that we were drawn to it is that it's it, it's set in Eastern Europe. It's written by this Polish dude, um, and it is loosely based on the paganism that ran rampant through the Eastern European half of the European continent before Christianity came and killed it. Huh. Uh huh. Oh, so that's why you don't think of Xena Warrior Princess. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That and I, I don't, I, I'm afraid to say this coming off of, you know, our most recent Baby Yoda episode, but I don't think I really liked Xena or Hercules very much. I mean, Hercules is trash, um, but Xena is beautiful trash. I, I, I respect you and your love of Xena. <laughs> I mean, it probably being a being a young queerdo in the nineties, like yeah, that yeah. Come on, we had nothing but Zena. <laughs> no, that's that's fair. Um, I think I was in like maybe third grade, and and i think it was i don't remember i think it played on sundays maybe on uh fox 29 back then and so saturdays were my big like tv day because that was when like all the good cartoons were on like spider-man the 90s x-men um occasionally power rangers but really it was i was i was here for x-men and spider-man um sometimes i would watch the iron man cartoon though i have to admit it was a bit boring before um, John Favreau took it over. He didn't take over the cartoon. He took over. The anyway, I digress. But my point is <laughs> that that Zeta and and Hercules, as a third grader, I I was just confused. Mm -hmm. It was over my head. Yeah. Well, I mean that's fair. That's fair. Uh, I'm what I'm probably responding to is i mean there's there's a definite vibe like we're we're wandering across the continent getting into adventures mm -hmm. oh you yeah. know very very ulysses type True. thing 
Um, the Witcher has a and, sidekick named Dandelion right. in the video games, but I forget. What's his name in the TV show? Jasker? Jasker? Jasker, which I think is, I think that's his, like, his, the name of the character in Polish. Mm. Because the translation is Dandelion, and I, I think the show's creators were like, what the fuck? We're not calling him Dandelion. That's ridiculous. Yeah, also, I'm I'm curious about Jaskier, because he definitely comes across as queer, but he's only ever with women, which is fine, but I'm wondering if they're going to explore that, or if that's just the vibe I'm getting off of him because he's a bard. Is that is that my shit? Not no, their, I, not I don't think shit. so. Like, my vibe, my read on him was that he just, like, does everybody. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, he sings and then and then he, and he's just like Polly. I think he's into orgies. I'm pretty sure that that's <laughs> that's definitely in in the show. Um, so yeah, I totally read him as uh, bisexual. Polly, just here mm-hmm. for it, here for all of it. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm oh. sure that he'd be in, into Geralt if Geralt was was here for it, but Geralt's not. No. <laughs> He's a he's a he's a one woman witcher. Yeah, I mean, he's like a one and a half woman witcher. Sure. I mean, well, I mean, who are you referring to? Are you referring to Triss we, or the the woman from the opener? Yeah, we had that fridging in the opener. Oh, I mean, I don't think that was that was a classic depiction of of fridging. Um, but I, I no, understand. No, it's not classic. Yeah. No, what was her name? Because he kills her. What's his? That's not a classic fridge. Renfrey. 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 Yeah, her name was Renfrey. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I want to go back and rewatch it now that I kind of understand what was going on. Mm. Because that that first yeah, app knowing nothing was like, uh, huh? The Witcher is beloved by our producer, which is part of why I never thought that I would watch the show because like he had, our producer did a lot of research into the show prior to it being released and was convinced that it was going to be terrible. We would mock it every time a bus would drive by and we would see a picture of Henry Cavill's face. (laughs) Um, Prior to seeing Henry Cavill as a witcher, we didn't refer to Henry Cavill by his name. We only called him the face, (laughs) which obviously we're not going to do anymore anymore because, you know, we're, we're fans of him now. Um, But, but yeah, like I had no intention of watching the show. And then I think it was like a couple days before the major Christmas holidays that like I was working late and I got a text and our producer was like, listen, I don't know how to tell you this, but The Witcher's really good. <laughs> I don't know how to break this to you. And I thought it was like a prank or something. I was so confused. <laughs> Oh yeah, like it was it was gonna be a bait and switch. Mm-hmm. He was he was gonna say, Oh, it's really good, and then you're gonna sit down to watch it and it'll be the worst. Yeah, like he was like rickrolling me or catfishing me or something. <laughs> um Yeah. I truly I was very surprised. I was pleasantly surprised. I'm glad it's been picked up for what, four more seasons or something? Oh shit, that's great. All I knew is that they mm-hmm. were made that they're making season two right now. That's fabulous news. Well, I mean, they have it planned out till season something. Sure. I mean, so the thing about it is, like, Netflix is such a, a fickle partner um, <laughs> that after the heartbreak that was one gypsy. <laughs> Good God. 
no one in this household or this this uh, family of choice <laughs> is uh, pinning our hopes to multi-seasons. Um, this was really inside baseball, listeners. Um, prior to ever starting the podcast, I think it was prior to, right? You yeah, mm-hmm. and I... When I say live tweeted, I mean that we hate watch Gypsy and messaged each other incessantly throughout watching Gypsy. (laughs) For those of you who don't know, Gypsy was a a one season show starring Naomi Watts and Billy Crudup. And Naomi Watts plays possibly the worst therapist ever depicted. (laughs) And there have been some terrible depictions of therapists, so it's saying something. Yes, but she really takes the cake. Um, it, it, it makes sense that the show was not renewed. It's terrible. Um, but it, it also ends on a cliffhanger. (laughs) And now we'll never know what happened to Gypsy. Yeah. I don't care. I hope she lost her license. My God. uh, Yeah. The multiple HIPAA violations. Oh God. And she wrote all of her notes in a paper notebook a leather bound paper notebook that was just like on her desk mm-hmm. which <laughs> what did brian say i could hear him talking he said about. psychopath <laughs> it definitely gave like all therapists a bad name and i did a little bit of research about like the the creators of the show and i think one of of course one, you did well of course i did so one of the creators apparently their sister is a therapist oh shit and i was like you definitely had a v for vendetta with your sister in making the show <laughs> like i am so mad at what she did after dad died you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to create a show that denigrates her entire profession. Boom. (laughs) Boom. (laughs) Now, some of you may be thinking you've really gone off the rails here, or at the very least gone astray from The Witcher. But no, folks, I'm going to bring it all the way back around because what we're talking about right now and talking about Gypsy is the power of stories and the power of words, Mm -hmm. which is to say magic. Magic. Would you, mm-hmm. dear dear Spock? Yes. Give a uh, a pamphlet explanation of of magic in the way that we are using it, because I think that you have a very beautiful and succinct way of describing magic in the everyday world. Uh, great. That's that's an, it's an incredible buildup, and I find myself now riddled with stage fright because I'm like, how could I possibly live up to? <laughs> to that um so what i'm going to do is i'm going to consult the notes that i made earlier prior to this app because of course i wrote notes um which is that so pop culture usually depicts magic as something that's easy right and as a fairy tale like one of the definitions of magic it's probably like a secondary or a third one right is that like when we we use the word magic colloquial we colloquially that's a way of saying well it's just so easy just use magic right and Mm -hmm. snap your fingers and it's done but real magic is in fact both it it's it's challenging and it it's hard so it's the opposite mm-hmm. of simple right mhm um and what it really is about is it's about using the power of language and emotion uniting those two things 
to alter our perspective of reality. Mm -hmm. And we do it all the time for good or ill. Like, mm -hmm. and I can't take credit for this example. I have to credit one Alan Moore. Yes, the creator of Watchmen and many other things. Mm -hmm. um, he recently was on a podcast. I'll, I'll link it in the liner notes. And he talked about um, like marketers and advertisers as basically dark wizards. Hmm. Yeah. That I mean, that's that's so real. And there's this is such a great example of why my primary modality as a therapist is a narr is narrative therapy, because narrative is all about language and stories. Mm -hmm. And truly, the way that we talk about things has a magical quality to it. We have the ability to use magic words mm -hmm. to change our experience. Yes. Um, in therapy, we often call this reframing. You know, if I say, uh, my life sucks, that's, uh, that's some tough language. Right. But, <laughs> but if we can reframe it as, I am overcoming challenges every day. Mm -hmm. That's... I mean that now I I have empowered myself with with the magical tool of change through through language. And did that I mean did you change in this example like the facts of what what's happening in your life? No. 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 Like what felt like it was overwhelmingly hard is still there. Mhm. Mm but you used words to shift perspective. Mm -hmm. Which is exactly what, you know, like witches, wizards, sorcerers, sorceresses, in the case of the witcher, right? That's mm -hmm. what they do. Like the heart of their power is changing perspective, altering reality. Mm -hmm. And like we've talked about in probably at this point, probably like for those of you who are regular listeners of the pod, you're like, oh my God, not again. But yes, here we go yet again. The Westworld construct, right? <laughs> the social construction of reality. That so much of our daily life we have constructed. Capitalism we came up with. Telling time we came up with. Calendars. Bullet journals. Socialism. <laughs> these are I all... love all of these examples. <laughs> these are all things that we have... Like different communities of people have invented. Now they, I mean, they have roots in reality, absolutely. Um, like we didn't create gravity, right? We just kind of like assigned it a label. Um, mm -hmm. But there are a lot. There's so there's so much of the the fabric of our daily lives, not just cotton. Um, it's things that we've actually <laughs> created, and that's a that's a kind of magic. Mm. Yeah, um, and. Are on the same train of this magic words idea. Mm -hmm. um, I I love that you t that you made these notes because uh, they're very helpful to me right now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, and the idea of of mantras and affirmations. Um, if you're unfamiliar with mantras, it's a, it's a sh it's a short word or phrase that you can say to yourself to to get through something or to come back to the present. Mm -hmm. um, I, I'm in my copious free time. Um, I make 
mala bead necklaces and they're they're made for counting mantras um so your mantra might be i i am brave and you would just you'd say it whenever you need it or repeatedly throughout the day i'm brave i'm brave i'm brave i'm brave i'm brave um and th- what makes that any less powerful magic than what the mages in the witcher do Oh, I'm nodding my head. Yes, that's not helpful. Um, you can't see. <laughs> I can see you. You can see. I see you nodding your head. <laughs> that's true, but our audience can't, right? Um, but yeah, it's it's very similar to what the, like, you know, yeah, mages in Harry Potter, the sorceresses and the witcher. Um, mm-hmm. And it, I mean, it, and in, in a show like The Witcher, they, they're using different symbols to convey the power of magic. So they're doing things like, well, like, there's that great scene with Yen where she portal hops mm-hmm. with the, the, whoever she is, a duchess, a princess who just had a baby, right? And is trying to help her. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what would be sort of like the real world magical equivalent of that, right? Mm-hmm. Um it might be someone who, like in, in a therapeutic context, maybe the therapist is working with someone who is in an abusive relationship. Mm-hmm. And part of what happens when you're in an abusive relationship is not only does like the oppression of your abuser overtake your life, it starts to overtake your interior life, your interior reality. Mm-hmm. And we were just talking about this recently, and you made the excellent point that we can become our own oppressor. Mm. And so someone who's struggling with that, they're in therapy, they're working with this sorceress that they've sought out, and they are trying to create a new story, a new perspective with which to see themselves. But part of the struggle is that each time you get into, you cross through one portal and get into another reality, this internalized oppressor follows you. Hmm. Yeah, that's, and in this example, that would be the assassin that keeps popping through. That keeps popping through. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, in this case, Yen's therapy is not not successful for her charge. Unlike an IRL therapist, mm-hmm. when when her charge turned on her, Yen kind of said, fuck it, <laughs> and just let the assassin get her. Yes, yes. So Yen would have done their, what we would call in the real world, uh, client abandonment. <laughs> right. Which is a big no-no for therapists. <laughs> Very big no-no. Um, Yen would have been kicked out of the the therapist guild, and in fact, I'm pretty sure it turns out she has been kicked out of the sorceress's guild. Yeah, yeah, that's right. She she uh, she's no longer in the quote unquote brotherhood. Nope, and she's she's in hiding. Mm-hmm. Um, so there there are some just stunning parallels <laughs> between the Witcher, uh huh, and our work. Yeah, the work of therapy. Mm-hmm. Or like, and, and I mean, and there's lots of, I think, things that tie into this. So there's therapists, there's life coaching, which I know you and I have like feelings about, but life coaching is a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, another example that ties directly into life coaching um, is I always think of Tony Robbins. Oh, like motivational speakers? Motivational speakers, right? And let me be clear, this is not an endorsement of Tony Robbins then. 
Tony Robbins, sorry, even just, butchered his name. Yeah. Um, this is not an endorsement of him because you don't. Because I don't. <laughs> um, not the least of which because it seems that he has been a, a lifelong sexual predator. So, hmm, problematic. Yeah. Well, anywhere that you find patriarchy and hierarchy, you will find abuse. Beautifully said. Hmm. Um, but why did I bring this up? I brought up motivational speakers because there is a real power to the the, the act of motivational speaking. Like when you see, like mm, I, I don't think mm-hmm. I've ever been yep. to a motivational speaking event per se, but I've seen clips oh. of what happens. Have you? Oh. Can you speak directly yep. to this? Yeah, I um, I do not anymore recall what group it was, but. Um, many, many years ago, uh, a friend of mine fell in with one of these, like, not just motivational deals, but, like, almost cults, mm. not quite cults, but pretty close to cults, um, where they have an event where you bring friends and family to be essentially intro brainwashed. Um, yeah. And even at the time, luckily... Um, you know, I did not have the knowledge I have now, but I was at least doing my undergrad in sociology mm-hmm. and was aware enough to go, ah, this is fucked up. We need to get out of here. <laughs> it's time to leave. The code word is periwinkle. <laughs> um, my, my friend wound up staying in for quite a while, but, mm. um, the people she had brought, I was like, yeah, we can all agree this is fucked up. Okay. Let's get out of here. Um. But the, there's very much this, there is this language of, in those situations, what's used is the language of in-groups and out-groups, mm-hmm. and, which is so common for, for cult mentality stuff, because we want, we want you to feel like you're in the in-group and that the in-group is somehow special, and um, it, it does have a bit of a magical quality. What are... Um, what one of our former teachers in grad school, Dr. Ann Ramage, mm. talked about as hypnotic language. Oh, yeah. That language can have a hypnotic quality. Mm. Um, and I, yeah, so in that example, like, I, I get how people who don't know or who are desperate for something could hear that language as being magical. Like, oh, I am special. I am full of potential. I am part of a group where I previously had no group. Um, and so that I think that's an example of, of the dark magic. Mm-hmm. When magic is used for, um, for the benefit of the sorcerer rather than the, the benefit of the, of the client. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was that was very well said. I loved the way you wove all that together. <laughs> I love when you love it when I see things. <laughs> when I'm like, ooh, let's look back at this like magical word tapestry that you created. <laughs> and then I just sit back and I'm like, I th- I said lots of words and you were happy, mm-hmm. and that made me happy. <laughs> yeah, and we just kind of like sit in the rays of it. And here's the thing, like, part of the reason that we wanted to talk about the ways that magic 
is real, not in the sense of like, I don't know, levitating people or pulling mm-hmm. rabbits out of hats, but in the sense of words have power and we can learn how to use that power to help us is that in particular, when we're talking about like growth and change um, and seeking any type of like therapeutic support towards those ends, we can start to feel maybe not even necessarily shame, though shame can be there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, depending on like where we're coming from from a sociocultural perspective, but it can Mm -hmm. also start to feel like dull and heavy Mm -hmm. and laborious. And it just feels lighter and more playful and even whimsical to think about like the art of growing and changing from the context of art one, but also magic as another. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's fun to think of yourself as a magician. Oh, God, yeah. You know? Like, I... In in The Witcher, in the last ep, mm-hmm. um, and I, I'm not spoilering for anybody who hasn't seen it yet, um, or, I mean, I guess it depends on what you feel are spoilers, but it's, it's so minimal. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of times the phrase is uttered, it's just magic. It's not real. Yeah. And to I would argue that. Oh, yeah. Because, like, I, I get where the people who say it are coming from. They're kind of self-deprecating. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, no, what you're doing is meaningful. And it has power and it has real, it has real, it has, like, a concrete impact that we can see. And the mm-hmm. other thing, as soon as you said that, it remind it reminds me of, you know, I hear this from folks all the time, um, with both anxiety and depression. This idea of like, well, but it's it's variations on the theme of it's all in my head. Mm. Like, yes, absolutely. Why is this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like why is this bothering me, Larissa? It's all in my head. Like if I understand that one of my symptoms of depression is a migraine, why isn't that understanding enough mm-hmm. to make the migraine go away? And it's like, well, because understanding the ways that they're interconnected isn't the same as disentangling them. Mm -hmm. And there's this idea that because we can't see feelings, we can see the result of feelings, but I can't like, Mm -hmm. I can't like scoop inside myself and be like, here's joy. Look at it sparkling. We can measure it. It has this smell and this taste, right? Like, (laughs) right. But there's this idea that because we can't do that with emotions, that they're, they're less real. Mm hmm. And because they're less real, that means that they're less powerful and that they ought to be more in under our control than something like, say, the weather. Which is not the case. No, we can, we can have control. We can use our, our magic wands to work with our feelings. Um... But we cannot and, make them go away. No, and it's hard. Yeah. Ooh, yes. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's hard. Um, and something that you wrote in your notes here, which was so helpful, um, <laughs> is the reminder <laughs> that just because magic is real doesn't mean it's easy. 
And that was some of the great stuff they put in The Witcher, um, pulling on some of the the actual real traditions of people who practice witchcraft, which mm-hmm. is that you you don't get something for nothing. Like you have to you have to give something to get something. Right. Um so, you know, you you want to make four arrows, you're you're gonna give some energy for that. Or, you know, you, you wanna make a fireball, you're probably gonna die. Mm-hmm. Or something <laughs> has to die. Right, or something has to die. Which and they do a great job in that opening scene where I mean obviously folks if, if you don't want spoilers and you haven't watched the show this is not the ep for you right now. This might be the ep <laughs> for you later once you've seen the show. For those of you who have seen the show though, that there's that opening well it's not that opening, but it's one of the initial scenes when Yen goes to basically sorcerer college. Um and <laughs> it's it, more like sorcerer boarding school. Yeah, oh true. Sorcerer boarding school. And they're <laughs> and they're brought in. I said college because like they're like late teens, early twenties. Harry Potter and Hogwarts, this is not. So they're all sort of like brought in and everybody stands at their own little workstation and there's a rock and there's a flower. Hmm. And to say it, their instructor says, you need to use the flower to levitate the rock. And it turns out what she means is they need to use the energy of the flower to get the rock to levitate, thus killing the flower. Mm-hmm. And to say says something that will has a lot of foreshadowing and become way more macabre later on, but she says sometimes the best thing for a flower to do is die. Yes, it does get very dark. And now am I saying that like in order for you to heal that you need to go out and like kill a bunch of flowers? Definitely not. Um <laughs> please don't. Please please don't don't do that. Um flowers are having a hard enough time right now because of global warming. Um, no bees. No bees. They they don't need you to come at them with a, a hacksaw. Um, <laughs> but what we are trying to say is is bring is like kind of shed light on the idea that to grow to change, it, it requires energy. It's part of why for those of you who have ever been to a therapy session that was involved a lot of emotions, you probably left that therapy session feeling exhausted. Oh, absolutely. Because you put forth a lot of work you used mm-hmm. a lot of energy mm-hmm. to make magic to make magic mm-hmm. and the other thing to keep in mind about this kind of magic is that it has it can it has powerful kind of ripple effects that we don't always kind of see and understand um and i'm going to share like a personal anecdote to to make this point um, years ago at this point, I, undergo- I underwent a, um, a particular kind of treatment called EMDR, mm. eye movement desensitization. What is it? Reprocessing. Yes, eye movement desensitization reprocessing. And the, the big thing that this can treat is, is um, PTSD, which at the time I had. Mm-hmm. I don't anymore because doing EMDR basically cured me of PTSD. But I remember at the time when I was winding down with my sorceress at the time named Angela, she said to me, she was like, you know, Larissa, I do want you to be prepared because I was about three quarters of the way through the the treatment. She was like, I want you to be prepared Mm -hmm. because one of the things that I've experienced with folks who I've treated with this is that you are changed because of this process. Mm -hmm. And that will mean that your relationships will change. 
Oh, sure. And I remember the time being like, yeah, sure. Sure, <laughs> Sorceress Angela, I got this. Mm-hmm. I'm fine. You know, I, I already know, like, what's going to change, what's not going to change. I'm, you know, this is, thank, thank you, but mm-hmm. I'm good. Um, and I look back on that and I'm like, oh, sweet baby Spock. <laughs> sweet summer Spock. Sweet summer Spock. Um, I had no idea how much change was going to ripple out as a result of that. Mm-hmm. Um, like, it changed my it changed the way I relate to my family it changed the nature of many of my friendships I completely changed careers Hmm. and I say that you know not to frighten people but I say that as as a way of kind of reminding us all to have respect for this kind of magic because it is really powerful and it can do things that are really wonderful and fabulous I am I, every day I'm grateful that I decided to have EMDR and I'm so appreciative for the changes that it wrought in me. But it was also really hard. And it, it did mean for me that some of the relationships that at that early stage in my life were really important had to end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is a really hard message. Mm-hmm. M- magic does change us. Yeah. And if we circle back to the Witcher, I mm-hmm. mean, magic certainly changed Yen. Oh, my, yes. <laughs> and in some ways, like, I mean, the big one, are you thinking of her infertility? I wasn't. But there it is. <laughs> but there it is. <laughs> yeah, to become the sorceress she wants to be, she, like, she has to give to get Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And for her, that means um, becoming infertile. And at the time, she's like, yeah, that's fine. Right, because I'm, I'm what? I'm 19? Mm-hmm. I don't care. I don't care about this. I want to have power. I like Her experience was of being basically a slave. And mm-hmm. she felt like, absolutely, this is a worthwhile exchange. To mm-hmm. become powerful, to become important, to be able to create. Mm-hmm. And later on in life, uh, in a move that surprised no one except Yen, um, <laughs> she does not feel this way. Yeah, no, no, anymore. she feels very differently. She feels very after, differently after she's been alive for. I mean, the the time lapse is a little strange, but mm-hmm. at some point she says something about having been alive several lifetimes. So I guess we can infer it's been a long time. Yeah, I, I took it to mean at least several decades. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, it is like olden times. People only live to be 25. <laughs> Maybe she's been alive for 50 years. Right, exactly. <laughs> that's a good point and uh you know for those of you who aren't as familiar with with witchers biology because Mm -hmm. of the nature of who they are and the fact that they're not quite they're not human anymore they Mm -hmm. they don't live forever but they live a very very long time Mm -hmm. so it's why henry still looks as beautiful as he does (laughs) he looks 
so beautiful. From ep one to literally decades later when he's in the bath talking again. <laughs> Still beautiful. Still so pretty. Uh, <laughs> um, so I'm curious mm-hmm. um, about... Uh, this idea of magic as change or change as magic mm-hmm. um, and how does how does the idea of destiny play in or does it because destiny well, is a really big topic in the witcher the law of surprise the law of surprise <laughs> yeah I have some questions about the law of surprise but we can get into them not on this podcast. Or we we could get into it on the podcast. The scene um, where Geralt, that ends with like Geralt basically becoming like a series third parent because he invokes mm-hmm. the law of surprise, which is like one of the central tenets of uh, the, the, the whole system of destiny mm-hmm. that is like honored and believed to varying degrees by the people who make up the... Yeah, so- here, here's my issue with the law of surprise, mm-hmm. and this may take us way off topic. But hold on, first we some... should define the law of surprise. Okay, okay. What's promised is what you have, but you don't yet know. And in both cases, in in terms of The Witcher, it's pregnancy. Right. It is a. It is a child, but it is not necessarily mm-hmm. your child. So here's my issue. Sure. When, uh, when the hedgehog comes to claim. His bride. <laughs> I love that you call him a hedgehog. Dooney. When Dooney, Dooney. comes to claim... Uh, the worst name ever. That poor, <laughs> poor person named yeah. Dooney. It wasn't bad enough that he was named Dooney. He was also cursed to live as a hedgehog for, like, every hour of his life except, what, the hours between, like, midnight and two or something. <laughs> um. So he comes to claim his law of surprise mm-hmm. in marriage. Yes. Geralt is claiming his law of surprise as having a child. Do you just, like, decide when you're going to come claim the law of surprise? And if the law of surprise is underage, is it your kid? And then when it ages out, do you marry it? Like, I... I'm confused what the rules are of this system. That's a fair... These are these are very fair and reasonable questions. And I think it actually proves the larger point that you and I were making here, which is that destiny is absurd. There is no such thing as destiny in the sense of, like, some amazing, all-powerful, universal force that binds us together in ways we don't understand. Mm-hmm. That's not a real thing. Just like the idea... You sound just like Geralt. <laughs> I do. Yes. <laughs> Just like there's no such thing as like this market economy that amazingly governs like the prices of stocks and bonds and ensures that the right people are rich and the wrong people are and the right people are poor, right? That's mm-hmm. utter nonsense. We create all kinds of things. And they're social construct. They're social constructs and then we make mm-hmm. decisions about how to use them and interpret them which does take us all the way back to your point about the law of surprise because you're absolutely right Dooney, the hedgehog man 
the way the that hedgehog he, knight, the hedgehog <laughs> knight man, chooses to invoke the law of surprise, which he gained because he saved the life of his beloved. Oh, you know, he mm-hmm. saved the life of his beloved's father, and when was like I, by yeah, and, and he decided I want you to repay me via the law of surprise, which is that at some. Whenever Dooney decided he wanted to to call in this chip, basically, cash in this chip, if you will, mm-hmm. but he would present himself and be like, hey, law of surprise, I want to do this thing to that which was a surprise to you. And in this case, it's the dad's daughter. Mm-hmm. And so he, I don't, it doesn't go into how he met the princess, but he, but he clearly did. Maybe when he wasn't a hedgehog, maybe during the hours of like midnight and two, <laughs> when he was just he was just Dooney, a regular nightman, um, <laughs> falls in love, and then it seems like, and then like my my reading though, I could be entirely wrong, but like my my reading was that like then they they discovered that like oh she is this is how we're related to each other via this law of surprise pact. And so Dooney was mm-hmm. like, this is great. This is how I can convince your mom to accept me as your betrothed. I'll force her to do it via this arbitrary law of surprise connected to the overarching idea of destiny. And her mom understandably is pissed because she <laughs> understands that this destiny stuff is nonsense. Mm-hmm. But then she... But then... Right, I... <laughs> Every person in the story who comes from a perspective of fuck destiny gets fucked by destiny and therefore has their opinion changed. Right. But I would argue that, like, that is a way to look at it. That is a perspective to have. That is a magical Mm. story you can tell yourself. You could also tell the magical story of uh, the princess, who's Ciri's mom, and I don't remember her name because... Here's the thing, guys. I'm bad with names, but also I'm really bad with names for characters I don't like so much. And for whatever reason, I didn't like her very much. So she was there for five seconds. Yeah. She looked sad and then surprised. That was the end of it. And she also has this like amazing power and we don't understand where her Mm -hmm. power comes from, but she has this amazing power and she uses her power basically to tell off her mom and also maybe kill everyone. (laughs) That could have been a side effect. But then, like, Geralt, like, he uses his power to, like, calm everything down and basically is like, come on, Grandma Queen, do the right thing here. And I don't necessarily think it's because of destiny that Grandma Queen does the right thing. I think she does the right thing because she is, she's afraid of her daughter, but also loves her. Hmm. And sees how much marrying Dooney, the hedgehog nightman, means to her. <laughs> And then, and you're right that then ultimately, like, she she loses her, her kingdom. And mm-hmm. part of how we're supposed to understand that is because, like, she defies destiny because she won't let Geralt protect Ciri, her granddaughter. Mm-hmm. And you could look at it from that perspective, or you could look at it as, like, she was terrible to the <laughs> invading force, mocked them yeah. incessantly at mm-hmm. her daughter's engagement party, and they were very hurt and held on to that bitterness. And then once they had a strong enough force, attacked her in her city. Sure. So was that sure. destiny or just bad manners? <laughs> um, <laughs> this is off topic, but I thought for a while 
that's something I want to do on our Instagram is is just have some like posters of some of our best quotes. <laughs> and that's not destiny, that's just bad manners. It would make for a great poster. <laughs> uh you're you're absolutely right, and that's why I just wrote it down. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so I uh, this is interesting, and I mm-hmm. I like that you challenged my narrative of if you fuck with destiny, destiny fucks you up, mm-hmm. um, because that because that is a, a story that yeah. is that is a story that we're telling ourselves, and and thus it has the power because we're exactly. telling it to ourselves. Exactly, we the stories that the narratives that we believe have power and if the narrative that we hold is that destiny is all powerful and you fuck with it and it'll fuck you um it's just getting more and more complicated every time i say it it really is Uh, (laughs) then of course you will you will live your life that way and we all hold Mm -hmm. beliefs like this yes not this specific belief, although I have absolutely worked with people mm-hmm. who believe in some sort of fate, destiny, universe, mm-hmm. um, great order to things. Mm-hmm. And that, the, and something that I can't even tell you how many times I've heard is that there are right and wrong choices. Oh my God, yeah. I had a dollar for every right time choice? someone had looked at me and been, yeah, they're like, Larissa, just tell me how to, what's the right choice? Tell me what it is. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't know that. Yeah, right. I don't. I don't know that. And what I'll say is, I okay. A, I don't believe in right and wrong choices. And B, what is quote unquote right for me might be way wrong for you. Right. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Um. And also, there there's an idea in therapy called. Uh, Equifinality. Mm, yes. Another favorite from our professor, Anne Ramage. It is a favorite of, Anne, of Dr. Ramage's. Um, and that's the, I don't want to butcher it. My memory of it is that it kind of doesn't matter how we treat a thing. You're going to wind up fine anyway. Is it that or is it the idea that like there are lots of way that you can, many different paths to at the same ending point? Um. So the idea of equifinality is uh, similar to something that my dad used to say, which is there are many roads to the summit. Um, and that <clears throat> there, there's a bunch of, of different ways to reach a goal. Um, and I used to get so mad at him when he, when he would, s- because I would ask like, well, should I take this job or should I take that job? Should I study this or should I study that? There are many roads to the summit, dear. That is not fucking helpful. Um, no. <laughs> no. Yeah, but equifinality says that we can we can reach an end state by many potential means. Um, and uh, I just I just looked it up. <laughs> Well, and kind of going along with that idea and kind of, Mm -hmm. I think, hopefully bringing it full circle is the idea that it's very important to understand that it's not 
that you are imbuing the word with magic. It is not the word itself. It is intrinsically magical. Mm-hmm. You yeah. yourself, you, you are what's magic. Mm. You are what's powerful. Mm-hmm. And I think we get into all kinds of, of trouble as human beings when we forget that. Right? We are the teller of the tale. We are the hero of our story. We, we, do we get to control the weather? No. But we get to decide how we talk to ourselves. We get to decide how we respond to that weather, how we understand that weather. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm, I'm circling us back to the Witcher because this is making me think of, of Geralt and Geralt's view of himself. Mm-hmm. Um, because it... it he kind of he holds disparate views of of himself you know he in a way he thinks of himself as a monster and in a way he mm-hmm. thinks of himself as you know uh someone who saves right and and based on how he is seeing himself that changes the way that he reacts to what's happening in his outer world mm-hmm. i just saw you have a thought no, it was more that I was just like, I was flashing through like different moments in the story of Geralt as it's depicted via television and to a certain extent via the video game as well, because I'm not familiar with the mm-hmm. books that highlight that idea. And I, I suppose mm-hmm. like the one that it, I mean, to, be, to go all the way back to the beginning, the way he shows up with Renfrey is when he mm-hmm. thinks of himself as a monster. Mm-hmm. And the way he shows up with Yen is when he thinks of himself as a human and as a helper. Not as a human, but as like a, a, a not monster, as a helper, as a witcher. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as a man. Mm-hmm. The sexy man. <laughs> Just sitting in that bathtub, <laughs> thinking about his mantras and all the choices that led him to the bath. <laughs> Those are great choices. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I really hope that there are more baths in, in, <laughs> in his and our future. Yeah, I think that's probably part of what gives me Xena vibes. Inevitably, oh, sure. in most episodes, somehow Xena and Gabs would find themselves in a bath. In, in a bath, mm-hmm. washing each other. Yep. And again, it makes a lot of sense why I, at the time, as a third grader, was just like, why are they always taking baths? <laughs> What's that about? And I was like, I, I, I'll be in my bunk. <laughs> and I would, I would, I would, had we known each other at the time, I probably would have been like, oh, doing research? And you would have been like, yes. <laughs> yep. Yep. Then uh, yep, that's what that's what's happening here. Mm-hmm. Many different roads uh, <laughs> to the summit. <laughs> All roads lead to Rome. Guess that's why we made it our home. Um, I know that we're winding down here, but I I want to make sure that we don't leave out something that had not occurred to either you or I, but was pointed out to us by our producer when we were pitching and discussing this episode. He asked us. Like My Little Pony. 
that was it. That was that was all he said. And and you and I are both like, hmm. And then he proceeded to to do the full quote, which is, "My Little Pony, friendship is magic." Mm-hmm. And shout out to the bronies out there. Shout out to the bronies, right? They got a lot of magic in their hearts, and as long as they're <laughs> keeping it consensual, and with people who are of age. That's, you know, that's their magic. Live your life. Live your life. Okay. So now that we have tipped our hat uh, to uh, Friendship is Magic, Mm -hmm. uh, what did we talk about today that our listeners could learn more about if they had interest in doing so? Um, We talked about change, mantras, um, affirmations. I don't know if we specifically touched on validation, but validation is very similar to affirmations. And so, you know, I think Mm -hmm. it relates enough that it doesn't hurt to throw it out out there. Um, Mm -hmm. Everyone's favorite marriage and family therapy term, equifinality, (laughs) which apparently was also a favorite of your dad's, even though my understanding is he was in no way trained in marriage or family therapy. Was on purpose. <laughs> it was so perfect. <laughs> you know, he always uh, he always said of marriage, third time's the charm. <laughs> Guess what number my mom was? Four. Two. Two. Mm. Yep. <laughs> yep. Just keeping it classy. <laughs> it's always keeping it classy. And last but not least... Um, the double whammy of destiny and capitalism. That's that, that's so great. Um, before we close, sir, I, I want to ask. Mm-hmm. What are we hoping that people are kind of like walking out of here with today? Because um, as much as we all love My Little Pony. I want to offer folks another jewel to take with them. Maybe they want to take yeah. the My Little Pony jewel, but maybe they want mm-hmm. a different jewel. Yes. Um, I would say that today's jewel is all about how how you are inherently magical mm. and that you can tap into that magic at any time um, through through the power of stories, narrative and language and that it is not easy to do so. But it is it's worth it. It's worth the the transformation that comes from the effort it takes to do your magic. Whichever road you take to get to the summit, let it be yours. Oh, that's very nice. See, you had the gem. Mine wasn't the gem. Yours was the gem. It was a, it was a co-gem. We may be at the helm of this ship, but we know who really keeps us running. Thank you to Ensign Kyle Rebar, who composed our theme song. Thank you to Lieutenant Catherine Mandicat Duthie, who designed our beautiful cover art. And finally, thank you to our fabulous producer, Lieutenant Commander Brian Therens. You look good in the bath. Join us for our next ep on Ruling with Compassion. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And the best way you can support our podcast is to subscribe, rate, and especially review us on Apple Podcasts. And be sure to tell your friends. And as always, live long and prosper. prosper.